in what I want to do in exploring financial coaching, like I don't like, I'm like, do I sit in a chair and like wave a fan of cash? (laughs) I don't. She's asked me this so many times. I'm like, girl, I I don't don't know. know. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're really excited to bring back a guest. We always love bringing back guests. And we have Sari of formerly Eat Well Detroit. Was she Eat Well Detroit when we were when she was yeah. on last time? Yeah, uh, I think she was Eat Well Detroit then, and now she is Eat Well with Sari. Yeah, so we had her back on the podcast to talk about a totally different side of her business. So we talked a lot last time about like the food stuff and her own personal journey and, and coaching, her yeah, coaching style. Mm-hmm. And this time, because she's so great at social media and blogging and being an influencer and being in that space, we thought, you know, a lot of people, I've noticed a lot of side hustles popping up, like people starting their own thing, people getting brave, which I love. Um, and for those people that may be like, ah, oh, social media is overwhelming and I just don't know where to start, she's an expert that has a ton of insight that I think you guys will find really valuable. And I also think we shined a light on being an influencer and what that means as a full-time job because it absolutely 100% is a full-time job. So I think it's a really interesting episode whether or not you are just curious about the Instagram world and the blogging world or getting into doing sort of influencer and blogging work yourself. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's not waste any more time because we had so much fun gal chatting. And I know everyone's going to love hearing our little conversation. So here we go. Our episode with Sari. Hey, everybody. Today, we are talking with my really good friend, Sari from Eat Well with Sari. She's been on the podcast before. Yeah, she is a repeat guest. But you know, I realized... Well, some of the the podcasts I listen to when they just have girl talk, like they just sit around and talk with their friends about... Whatever, like their interests, health, wellness, blogging, all of these things. Um, they're some of my favorite conversations because it's so relaxed. It's not so much question, answer, question, answer. And so me and Liz were talking and we thought it'd be cool to have, you know, some friends on the podcast more often who obviously would make phenomenal guests anyway and just have a relaxed conversation about the things we love. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy to do this because it's fun. And Nina and I, owe each other a catch up. And it's always special to have Liz here because she asked the best questions. Oh my gosh. Doesn't Liz ask the best (laughs) questions? They come out of nowhere, but they're so good. I feel like I every time we're recording the podcast, it's like Nina talking, Nina talking, Nina talking. And then Liz with this very profound question. Well, because while you're talking, I'm like slowly formulating a question the entire time in my head. Yeah. It's funny because I'm like immediate. Like I just, I'm impulsive. And Liz, you can tell like if you're not, you guys can't tell because you're listening. But if you were watching her, you can see that she digests it all. Like she's sitting and digesting (laughs) and like planning and plotting her next question. And I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. That's why we balance each other. 
So (laughs) Sari's just like friendship. Um, So for those of our listeners that maybe haven't listened to the previous episode, would you mind telling them a little bit about who you are? Sure. So my name is Sari and I am a full-time health coach and food blogger. Um, So what that means is I spend half of my time working with individuals on their nutrition and health needs and the other rest of my time creating content for brands and promoting it on my blog and Instagram. So I am a, I guess, entrepreneur or fempreneur, whatever you want want to call it. Um, And that's what I do full time. And I've been doing this for about a year and it's taken quite a bit of time to build that and feel comfortable and stable in my business. So yeah, that's me right now. That's been... You honestly have been one of my top inspirations. Heads up. Because we started at the same time. But you... I was not all the way in. I was like still in full-time teaching mode. And so I just like have watched you. And then you've been such a help and a support. And I know so many women connect with your story. And I think it's really interesting to know the back end. Because how many people just see what you're doing and don't know like how much work it is. And all of the really like... I don't want to say boss babe, but boss babe stuff that goes on behind the scenes. For sure. For sure. And I I mean, I didn't just wake up one morning and decide I was going to do this. I Things kind of... They rolled out in a little bit of an organic way. And I had to really, I guess, hit rock bottom to realize that I needed to change things up. So I, I was working in advertising. I did work in advertising both in Toronto and in Detroit, where I currently live, for four years and um, learned so much there. I would never, ever take that back. But in my most recent role, I learned that maybe it wasn't my passion. And I was just in a really hard place, suffering from a lot of anxiety and transitions in my move from Canada to the US and feeling really lonely. So I quit that job and had nothing lined up, which was definitely risk. And then I decided to sign up for nutrition school and started my Instagram while still looking for another full-time job. But naturally, things just kind of rolled into place and I decided to pursue it full-time. And I'm so grateful for that. But it did take so much work, like so Mm -hmm. much work that people do not realize. They think it's a cop-out, sell-out job, but it's, it's really truly not. I feel like I'm working more than I was at my full-time job in a way because there you can just keep working. Like there's yeah. always things to be doing. There's always people to be reaching out to. There's always content to be made. There's always like emails to answer. And I didn't realize that until I started doing this full-time because I was worried. I was like, shit, like what if I what if I don't have things to do? And it just is not the case. No. And I used to get on my husband about it all the time. And he was like, you'll see. Like when you're in the, this world, you will completely understand the I guess, I guess just like the I don't know. I don't the like hustle. the word hustle. It's a hustle. But yeah, the hustle that goes behind it. Mm-hmm. Liz is pondering a very <laughs> deep No, I'm just seeing like <laughs> See, here's my whole thing. So I... You can see the ponder face right now. (laughs) The panic face right now on video. No. So I am interested in like what your... Kind of what your first steps were, especially as you were... Like I'm sure you were doing other things while you were making this transition into doing this full time. So like for me, I have dreams of doing something on the side 
and starting up projects that I'm really cool about, but I see the amount of time that it takes to get it right. And I find it so overwhelming because even just in our experience with Wine and Shine, it's like in order to get the engagement, at least from an Instagram standpoint, which for all intents and purposes, I feel like is a lot of what we're talking about today. It takes so much time and energy to get the numbers to where you can start really getting engagement that I feel like you either have to pay someone a bunch of money, in which case... And we've done this and we actually had a great experience doing it. But I think a lot of times you can pay someone and find that they're not even really like... They're not using your voice. They don't... you know, They're just not meeting the needs that you have. Or I feel like if you want to do it yourself, which is what I lean to, like wanting to put myself into a project like that, that I'd have to literally... like I would have to quit my job and spend 12 hours of my day on Instagram because it just seems like so much work. So I guess my question is like, how, how did you get... like What's a way to ease into this without it totally seeming overwhelming? If you have like a passion project that you want to get out on Instagram. Okay, for sure. So the first thing I would say is you need to have something worth talking about. So you need to have a passion. So in my case, that is eating healthy food and showing people how to live a healthy life. Because in my life, adopting that lifestyle has been life-changing. Mind and body, everything to do with that. So that's my that's my purpose. That's That's the value that I'm putting out there. So that's the first thing you need. And the second thing you need is patience. So nothing is going to happen. Don't have that. So we're doomed. <laughs> so nothing is going to happen overnight. Just being patient and putting in the time. So no, you don't need to spend 12 hours a day on Instagram, but you do need to spend time putting together and sharing content that is quality. So like, don't just post for the sake of posting. Like, the reason and the time it takes to build a following is because when somebody looks at your feed, they want, you know, they'll scroll for a minute and they'll see, I like this. This person has good content or I like what this person has to say. So putting out quality content is really important because that's, that's what people want. They want to see that. Like I, I think about why do I follow other people and they provide value in X, Y, Z way. So what is the what is the thing that I'm providing value in? And the other thing is authenticity. So, you know, you said you, you would hire somebody and I think it works for some brands and for certain things, like maybe it did work for, for the podcast, but it gets a little tricky when your brand is you. So yeah, there's a big difference there. Yeah. Like even when Liz was saying that, I could never hire somebody to be my voice as nourished with Nina, but as Wine and Shine podcast as a brand, it's like I could, we could very much, and we have hired someone to post things for us or like help promote the episodes and help us with the stories. Um, or even we've been interested in hiring an intern, but that's, it's almost like two different for sure brands, two different voices, I guess. So in my case, my brand is me, like the person on my stories, the voice in my posts, the things I write about in my blog posts. Those are my opinions, my feelings my experiences. And yes, it the brand is a practice. It's a coaching practice, but it's it's also me. Like it is I take things personally sometimes and it's because the brand is me. It's not a separate it's not separate from myself, which definitely makes things tricky, but I think that's just part of the territory of starting your own business in as a blogger in this realm. 
and learning to kind of weed out the people that are going to feed you negative energy online is really important. And then the other piece of advice I would say uh, for growing is connect with people. So like find your, I guess, tribe. And it's it's so funny because like it used to be creepy to meet people online. <laughs> like Nina, I know. Online. It used to I know. Creepy, but I have like, people I consider like just important to my heart that I haven't even met in real life just because I know that their struggles and the vulnerability that they put out there on their blog is something I so identify with. So find your tribe, find your connections, and then things will will hopefully roll out from there. But yes, you do need to put in the time, not 12 hours a day, but yeah. time. So for somebody that has been thinking about starting a passion project, whether that be a blog or an Instagram, do you think that it's the most important to so, sort of solely focus on building your audience on your Instagram first? Because I was talking to a health coach recently and she told me... Um, for the first year, she really focused on just the Instagram. And like now most of her clients come from Instagram. So she was like, just realize that that's part of your job and that's who you are and focus your energy on that for a while, even though it is overwhelming because we're used to thinking of social media as just a social thing or as just a fun thing. But now it is part of a business. It truly is an important part of running a business. So do you find that to be one of the first things you should focus on when you want to promote something? Yeah, like I, in the blogging, you know, coaching, wellness focused entrepreneurship, or even in another form of entrepreneurship, I think well, for me, that's where my audience is and was. So that's where I, that's where I started. But I do think there is value in populating content on a blog as well, because you just never know like what's going to happen with Instagram. Yeah. Being both up is really important, but starting with Instagram, I, I think is a great place to start. Personally, like 95% of the clients that I work with now have found me on Instagram. Mm. So that's how I know that it's been worth it for me to share my story, put myself out there and work really hard at my content because that brings people to me and that shows them my value. Yeah. When you say work really hard at your content, you mean photographing and recipe development and then putting that on your page, correct? Yes. I mean, take... Yeah. I mean... Taking good content, writing good content, providing value in captions and in photographs. Not everything is a recipe. Sometimes it's just a meal that I make or a picture of me with a message. So finding like what my what my visual looks like and keeping it consistent is really huge for me. So I spend a lot of time on like the Planoly app, seeing like, okay, so what what this look nice together and just really making it look it's curated, although the content is me. It is curated. So I edit my photos. It takes me time. I spend time writing my captions. Sometimes it's I take a picture, edit it, and on a whim, I post it that minute. And sometimes I took the photo two weeks ago. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. just... It's about put, having like those little squares. It's so crazy. Those little squares are actually so important to your message. Mm-hmm. So making sure they look nice together, complement each other. And you know, like the squares... like pictures are worth a thousand words. So a screenshot of your page to the first nine squares is really important. You never know mm-hmm. who's looking. So my question is because I, this is something that I struggle with. I might've asked you this last time. I don't remember. I probably did. That's okay. So like, I feel like it's so, like when I look at Instagram, 
I feel like, not to be like, I feel like health conscious have it easy because I don't mean that. But like food is like so beautiful to photograph and like we have to eat it. So three times a day, theoretically, you have like built-in content. Even if you just took pictures of the own, your own food that you were eating like for yourself without <laughs> I any... do, which I do right. a lot. Right. But like in what I want to do in exploring financial coaching, like I don't like... I'm like, do I sit in a chair and like wave a fan of cash? <laughs> I don't... Like, She's I don't, asked me this so many times. I'm like, girl, I, I don't know. know. I think you have to just post pictures of you and your lifestyle and incorporate financial helpful content, which I've noticed you've been doing. Trying. Well, baby steps. But as I'm the expert, really Sari... I'm afraid to put myself out there, so I haven't really been committing to it. It's, right, that's my own issue. But it's just funny, like pictures of cash and coins, or pictures yeah, of a like, wallet. Like, what do you put as a future financial coach? So I or any or anyone that just doesn't have like a maybe like a physical thing they can because it's a service. I mean, I know yeah. health coaching too, but like I don't have. I don't just. I totally different. Totally understand what you're saying. So. No, I don't think you should post pictures of you fanning cash in your face. Well, <laughs> damn. Funny is like an Instagram story. So you need to create or curate like a feeling. When someone goes to your page, what do you want them to feel? Is it comfortable? Is it stable? Is it inspired? Like what are the things that you want someone to feel? Like what is your goal in your client? I'm taking notes now. Okay. I'm just gonna, we're busting out the notebook. Yes, please do. <laughs> So think about that and then think about like, even think about that, write down some buzzwords, pin some things on Pinterest, put together a little bit of a mood board, no rush though. So over time and see like what that looks like for you. And that could be pictures of you traveling or pictures of you enjoying a delicious meal out at dinner or out with friends. Cause those are all things that are part of our financial life. And financial life is actually so much more than food in our lives. Like everything that we do and the lifestyle we live is determined by our financial comfort level. Mm-hmm. So think about what's the emotional connection, the visual connection you want people to have when they work with you. And then how can you like put that in photos? So it doesn't have to be all you. It can be... Like, you can even get photos from other places and give them credit or find somebody that, who does a similar thing to you that inspires you on your feed and kind of use that as, as inspiration to see mm-hmm. what what do you feel when you look at their page or and even the opposite people you think who who you don't have a good feeling when you go to their page like they're posting everything so over the top so it's not going to be no one who sees that page is going to feel like it's realistic so think about like what are those what are those terms for you and then i guess go from there that's the most helpful advice no offense <laughs> Tina. i know dude I've no many times on no this. i'm not this is not my expertise that's why we have sari on the call <laughs> You guys, I and you advertising said- and I, I used to work in the business basically of manipulating people. So I'm not... See, yeah. I do, like I do marketing right now, but I do financial services marketing and it's so... It's for small ones and it's so niche that like there are credit unions that are doing stuff like this, but they're the big giant ones that have advertising departments of like 30 people. Right. So while I'm like technically in marketing, I'm not doing like this kind of marketing. Totally. And so I, it's totally new. I would like to just go back for a second because yes, I used to be in the business of manipulating people, but that's when I was working for like big, massive corporations selling like credit mm-hmm. cards and insurance and what, and you know. Yeah. I wouldn't say that being in 
an influencer or a blogger, like I would be offended if someone said that I was still in the in the business of manipulating people. And I think influence and manipulation are sometimes intertwined a little bit too much. And I think they are different things. And I, well, you're inspiring people. I yeah. think you can think of it as inspiring, inspiring, empowering, teaching, sharing. And I actually listened to a, a podcast, Gold Digger with um, the fan flourish market. And she talked a lot. I've heard of it. And she like, if you have any guilt about being an influencer or any guilt about any, any of that sort of stuff for any reason, I would listen to that. I started having a lot of guilt about... And I think I talked to you about this when I got started, but like making other people feel annoyed. Yeah. So I remember when I first started... And I went from my own personal page into Nourish with Nina. Like I just changed my name. And I was like, I'm afraid that my old friends or family or people are going to be like, Oh my God, what is she doing? Oh my gosh, she's posting more pictures about food and da 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 da. And it took me a little bit to get over that because it was when I got to the core reason of why I was doing this. I was like, I'm not doing this to please everybody. It's like, I'm doing this because this is something I really value. And this is something I really believe in. And I know that when I have gone to other people's pages, they've inspired me. So I just, I'm going to put out what I think is really inspiring to the world and to everybody else. And that's the reason why I post what I post. And they can always unfollow and unfriend. Like that's their choice if it annoys them. Yeah. It doesn't annoy me. I love it. Thank you. Honestly, but I, I felt the same way. And for so long, I was like embarrassed. Like I would put something up and then like a wave of shame would come over me and it just would be yes. so embarrassed. I can't believe I did that. This person's going to think this. This person's going to think that. Yeah. And it just honestly took finding a community online that supports you to be like... Where you're like, oh, everybody does this. And you know what? People comment to me all the time. You don't have a real job. You just do this. And you look at your life and... You know what? I'm proud to say I live a life that I truly enjoy, but I work really hard to make it happen. So Mm -hmm. you can judge me all you want, or you can think I'm annoying and fine. Totally. That's your call. That's probably coming from a place of your self. Own insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. It comes... Oh, F the haters. Like they they can leave. It comes from a place of old mindset. The reason I didn't even want to quit my job forever was because I was like, what this is is not a real job. Like I was just like, I can't quit my nine to five teaching job with benefits because going into health coaching and wanting to, you know, grow an Instagram and have a podcast, that's not a real job. Like that's just such a false, fake story mindset. Yeah. Self-employed and unemployed are not the same thing. (laughs) They're different. Right. But people don't understand. I don't want to say everybody, but there's a lot of people that I think don't understand that. And I think it's hard because when you're stuck in a system, if you're not happy, like you could be doing a nine to five and you can be very happy. But if you're not happy, then you think I'm unhappy and I'm working so hard and I'm putting myself through this and look what they're doing. Like they have it so easy. That's not true. Yeah. But it can seem that way. Exactly. And yeah, that's definitely... that's, That's so true. And... You know what? It's not possible for everyone to do this. It's it's not. It really. But if you are, if you have the the ability to do this and the drive and whatever else you need, if you need to save for a couple of years, if you need to talk to your husband or your boyfriend or you know have that future conversation, if you feel comfortable doing this and you have enough passion, then I'd say there's no harm in trying. And I, have a like, question. I, say, oh, I can just go back. 
Yeah, it's just like any career, right? You can stop and start if you want. Liz, what were you going to ask? I was going to say, so you've talked about like your like an online community and your online tribe, and you talked about like interacting with people that inspire you. So like, I have not figured out the way to like. I see people. I follow lots of financial related people. Like I've tried to cultivate my Instagram, so I'm seeing a lot of that for inspiration. And like, I want to interact with these people, but I'm almost embarrassed. Like, I don't know what to say on their stuff. Like, what's a way if you're wanting to connect? I mean, obviously, the two of you managed to connect and like forge a real friendship. And like, not that I'm out looking for BFFs. Well, currently, I have moved, so I am taking applications. (laughs) But (laughs) I mean, I am looking to like build my tribe of whatever this looks like, like other people doing what I'm doing that can, you know, support me and I can support them. How do you engage with them? In a genuine way, that's not like great photo, <laughs> like good content. Because I just like creepily like people's stuff. I'm just a liker. I don't say anything. Say something. Like what? What did that? Just say whatever you're feeling. So sometimes I'm like, oh, I could so use that right now, or oh my god, I need to make this, or this makes me feel happy, or oh my goodness, like congrats or whatever it is, just be you. And a lot of the time I think like people, if I see someone posting and sharing something about themselves that I can relate to, I'll send them a DM and be like, totally resonated with that last post. Like, keep it up. Not like, hi, my name is Sari and I creepily saw your post. Tell us, yes. Tell us about the DMs and how to... Slide it into the DMs. Slide it into those DMs. Yeah. Because that's what I want to do. I'm like, I want to be like, hey friend, feel like we have a lot in common. Don't know a creepy way, a non-creepy way to have this conversation. I will say, I can tell very easily when somebody slides into my DMs and is like, hey, love your content. I would love to connect sometime. Like something, something, something. Do you want to be best friend? I like they, some people say these That's things. That's what I would say. And I would say I'll that go, exact thing. But then I'll go and they're not even following me. Or like, it's just very obvious that they're trying they're going to want to like get you on board or like want to sell you something or whatever or get you on their program but then there's people that you can tell like hey I really loved what you're doing like I feel like we have a lot in common and then you'll be like oh my gosh yeah and then you'll just start talking and it's I not weird Nina just let it flow but yeah like, so I get so I know we talked about this last time but I get so <laughs> many multi-level marketing messages oh I hate them <laughs> me too I do too and I just can tell in a second if someone's trying to get me on a multi-level marketing and I'm just like thanks but no thanks or I got one yesterday I was like hey GF can we be BFF love ya or something like so yeah not like nothing commented about anything I put out there or anything about me like it it felt like a copy and paste I think Mm. you can just tell there's nothing wrong with messaging someone and being like loved your most recent posts like you're an inspiration like keep it up and then, you know, they'll respond. And then if something else occurs where you can message them, do that. It's natural. Yeah, me. That's how I became friends with you. That's how I became friends with Sam, who was on our episode previous to this one. Mm-hmm. And oh, Sam there's a few Sawyer? other... Yeah, no. Um, Sam, uh, fried I eggs and Sam. Sam. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's yeah. I mean, Yeah, I she's so sweet. And a few other people. And it's legitimately just been through... That, but then I also res- like I resonate with their content. So when I see their stuff, I genuinely like it and I genuinely comment on it. And yeah. they do the same. So I will so, say, 
Sorry, go ahead, Liz. I was going to say, is this different than the pod situation, which I have not figured out or tried? Oh, the oh pods. So, so I can speak to pods. So I have been in a comment group and it's honestly not even really a pod. It's, it's, it's one group. Everyone has been in it for like a year. And it's literally just a support group of women in this space of, who are doing very similar things to me, who come from all different walks of life. And we just chat about like this. And it's been like some of the girls I've become legit friends with met in person when I've traveled to different cities, talked to on the phone, FaceTime. Like it's a totally, it's more like just a little bit of a chat group of friends. It's not even, the focus is not, oh, engage with my with my mm-hmm. page. So, but yeah, having 10 pods and no, you don't connect with anyone and it's just for engagement. And then you'll spend the whole day doing that. Like that's so boring. It's so, and it's overwhelming. Yeah. How does one get invited? I want to be cool enough to be invited to a pod, you guys. No one wants me in their pod. <laughs> no idea. Do you make your own pod? in that pod. What's you added on? me to a pod once and then somebody, um, at my friend, oh my gosh, my other friend, Jessica, who I'm legitimately running, a, I'm about to run a really fun series with her here in Columbus. Cool. She moved to Columbus, is a food blogger. She started a pod and asked me to be in it because she saw I did this sort of stuff in Columbus. And I'm really bad at pods. So I like fell off that train, but then just stayed friends with her. We met at North Star for lunch. Then we met for coffee. Now we hang out and talk about this and are planning events together. So it's like you could just reach out and search hashtags or whatever to find people that are doing blogging or Instagramming or entrepreneurship in Akron. And then be like, Hey guys, I just moved here. Would you like to be in a pod with me? I don't know. Uh That's sort of putting yourself out there. But that's what she did for me. And it worked. So I actually yesterday was searching for like Akron blogger, Akron blog. And like... I Googled like Akron lifestyle bloggers. There are not. Girl, you get on that then because you're ahead of the game. Yeah, I know. I felt that way too about like Detroit area. When I first moved here, like there there weren't... You started it. You started... People doing it or maybe I just didn't find them. And now I feel like there's so many and there's such a community. And I see people at workout classes and at restaurants that I recognize. And that's really fun. So use that to your advantage. Start when you're on your own. Start what? A pod? Yeah. I don't have anyone in it. It can be just like a a message group of support and chatting. Yeah. Because a pod... Okay. Let's talk about this for a second. So for people that are not in this world, I don't think they always understand like the back end of Instagram and how hard it is. And so there's also, of course... There's this whole side of you need to take one, you kind of have to be creative and artistic and be able to take beautiful photos. Okay, that's like one thing because that makes your page look nice and aesthetic for everybody. Two, you have to be able to write great content. And then it's like three, you have to know how to do engagement. Like you have to connect, you have to be find friends, you have to have bring people to your page, you have to comment. Can you talk to that at all? Speak to that at all? the business side, I guess, of Instagram? Yeah. So, I mean, I do think engagement is important. There were a couple months when the algorithm was so off that like the pre- like, I felt like the engagement was so, so important. And now I feel like that it's a little bit more chronological. I'm more engaging. I feel like I always engage with like the same 50 other accounts, just people that I love seeing their stuff and I want to know what they're up to. 
So mm-hmm. like I'll scroll and I'll, if I, they pop up or sometimes I'll search for people and then I'll pop on the explore page. And if there's something I really like there, I'll comment on it. Um, but allocating, I don't know, I'd say like 30 to an hour a day of engagement at least is makes a big difference. When I started to do that, First of all, I found it to be very overwhelming because I was in that mindset of like, what am I just doing staring on my phone and being on Instagram? But then I was like, but this is your job. So then I put that in my head. But when I started to focus at least 30 minutes a day or 30 minutes to an hour a day, I saw a lot of growth like in my little community. And I feel like I started to make connections with people and it became really fun. So that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at in this stage of the game is like learning to connect and engage it's better. It's fun. And then you're, it is, but it's also a little tiny bit of luck. Like I see some accounts that have gotten like 60,000 followers in a year. I'm just like, hold on. Is that real? Yeah. Is that real? But maybe they, that person just got really lucky with their exposure or did something right that exposed them to tons of people. I don't know. Like that confuses me, but Yeah. <laughs> Someone I talked to said it was luck. At Kara's Kitchen. I was talking to her and she was saying like she just got reposted by a couple of people. Oh yeah, like and health posts repost you. You're like... Yeah. Yeah. Like she just got reposted by a couple of people and it was like boom, 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 boom. Wow. And it was just a little bit of luck. But I guess like all in all, it's the reason you get into this line of work is because it's something you're truly passionate about and you really care about. And you do want to keep it fun because I think a lot of times people get into like, oh my gosh, like how many likes did I get? And how many followers do I have now? And it just takes all of that away. And that's not what you want. Exactly. But the the flip end of that is if you work hard on a piece of content and it is for a brand and you and you are getting paid, it is a bummer. Like I won't lie if that post just for some reason doesn't do well. And brands understand that. Like they like engagement is obviously really important to them and exposure is important to them, but you can track like how many impressions and how many people it reached as well. And those are two things that are really important as well as engagement. But if you are getting paid for a post, for some reason, it just hurts a little bit more if it doesn't do well. Mm-hmm. Do you, for your posts, when you work with brands, like I do currently for my clients, like a lot of Facebook advertisements, just because like that's the platform that they're, that works for them. Yeah. Do you, and I know at least on Facebook, like if you don't pay for someone to see that ad or that post, like it will not be seen. Like it just won't. Right. And I know now that. I mean, obviously Facebook has owned Instagram for some time now. Like when you're doing that work with brands, is that something that you're having to pay for? Or you, do you just like work your magic that you usually do and it sees the results that it sees? Mo- the majority of my sponsored content is organic. It's not boosted. Um, one or two times a brand has said, we want you to come up with your post, post it, and then we'll add $25 to the budget for boosting it. So it's it's completely up to the brand. I wouldn't do that unless I was asked to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I've also, you know, maybe a handful of times or less, but I should probably do it more, like boosted myself on like I mm. 25 bucks to reach more audiences. And it was a picture of me maybe saying, I thought, well, that's a good post that really like describes that really is a good representation of me. And I'll pay as a business expense and I'll 
boost it out there. And hopefully that can get me more exposure too sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I used to think like, is that cheating? Like if I do these things, is that quote unquote cheating? And I'm like, no, because it's, it's a there. way of marketing yourself. Yeah. Like you have so much passion and so like such a, a great uh, business you're offering to the people, like you need the people to see. So how do you get the people to see when you're in such a saturated Instagram community? You have to do those things sometimes. Yeah, like completely, completely. There's nothing I want that. Yeah, I know. And I think again, it was just, it's just taken me a while to learn all of these things. I want to touch really quickly on transparency since we're kind of, it seems like we're leaning towards that right now. Like what's, what's authentic and what's not. When you're working with brands, and I hope to be working with more brands in the future, how do you explain to people that like the brands I'm choosing to work for are brands that I really care about? And it's always, what I want to put out there. It isn't about making... I mean, it is... You're making money, but it's like, I'm not just doing that to make the money. I'm doing it because I care about that brand. Yes. So transparency, at least for me, is really important because I don't want to be seen as like a sellout and I don't want to be seen as someone or someone who's trying to hide that something's sponsored. Like if it's sponsored, that is something to be proud of. I always thought that. Why do people want to hide it if it's sponsored? Does that mean you're doing well? Sponsored by LaCroix. Like, is that what you just call it out and say like... say hashtag partner or hashtag ad, whatever the brand has asked me to do. Mm -hmm. But even if they don't say anything, I always put hashtag partner or hashtag sponsored or whatever. And I think it's... I honestly really enjoy working with the... Like, I rather work with fewer brands in a more consistent basis because it's better for them and for me. Um, than to work with, to say yes to everybody. And it's very obvious when someone posts something like so out of nowhere and you're like, that has nothing to do with what you do. So like, I don't know. I just feel like it's very clear when it, you're not authentically using something or representing something. So I always, you know, I've said no to a couple things, but I mean, most of the companies that reach out to me that I reach out to are along, like are a health and wellness brand or a food brand. So most of it does work, but I'll always take a look at the ingredients. I'll always take a look at their yeah. Instagram page and see like how, what's there. Like I humanize them. Do I, would I want to be associated with them? And if yes, and we can work something out, that's awesome. Like to be honest, blogging and, and Instagram is half of my income. So I do need to do sponsored posts. It is half of what I earn or yeah, just about half. So it's important for me to foster those relationships and see them through and work hard on that, on those pictures. Mm -hmm. I had read something or listened to something with Alexis of Homosapien, who if you guys are are Columbus listeners, you know who she is because she's the owner of Alchemy and the owner of Trism. And she shared, I think it was with her Instagram community that like, this is a job. Like she paid off her student loans through blogging and through Instagram. Like she's student loan free. And everything she's ever posted, she's like, I post, I post things that I also am using myself and that I encourage and want to offer to other people that I think might be helpful to them. And to me, I think that's amazing. Like I would love to be able to say to even the clients that I'm working with, these are some brands that I am really proud of and that I work with and that you should try out too because they will they will be great for you and whatever you're trying to work towards. So I don't see why people have those thoughts on 
on influencers. It just really doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I think those thoughts come from if like every single post is sponsored and they don't all align and it just feels inauthentic. But there yeah, are then you know. accounts that are more like a lifestyle brand. It's not necessarily all about the person. So maybe on those ones, it does make more sense. But mm-hmm. I know for the people I like to engage with, a lot of the reason I do really like to engage with them is because I like them as a person. I like what they're saying and representing. So I do trust what they have to say. So I think it's important to be transparent and share what's paid and what's not. And a lot of the times I'll post, like I'll, if I post just a regular food pick, I'll still tag the brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it doesn't say whatever hashtag, then it's not paid. But it doesn't mean I don't want those brands to like see the picture. Get or exposure. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's funny that way. Yeah. Um, I think it's the coach in you too, because you are obviously doing this because you want to help other women or men. Do you work with men too? I don't. All of my uh, clients are women. Yeah. I just like working with women too. Me too. But yeah, they you the clients that you work with want to see your personality. They want to relate to you. They want to know like who you are as a person because that's what makes you a good coach. Yeah, exactly. And to humanize yeah. yourself. Like sometimes I'm like, oh shit, should I post that? Like I know all of my clients follow me, but then I'm like, that's literally me. Yeah, exactly. Right. I share a lot with my, my clients. Like I try to relate to them and talk about my experiences, especially because I do a lot of work with like food anxiety and relationship with food and how you see food. And I've struggled a lot with that in my life. So being vulnerable to them, it just allows the conversation to be so much better and ends up helping them so much more. So why wouldn't I be mm-hmm. vulnerable with my audience too? I was again talking to somebody who was coaching me through this stuff and they said the same thing. They were like, think about who you're speaking to. And I was like, I'm pretty much speaking to the past version of myself and still like the current version of myself. What are the words of wisdom I needed to hear? Mm-hmm. Or that what is something that I need to hear today? And how many other people need to hear that message too? So it's not a shameful thing to talk about my food anxiety that I had today because there's going to be a number of women that are going to be like, oh my gosh, yes. Okay. What's the solution? <laughs> like, let's get through this together. Totally. And then there's going to be people who are going to be like, that's embarrassing for her. Like, there's just going to be... Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, see ya. I was at my brother's engagement party this past weekend. And one of my mom's like best friends came up to me. And she was like, for an hour, well, not an hour, but she was so excited about everything that I had done and how she loves my page and my personality. And I didn't even know that she followed me. And oh my on God. Instagram. And I was like, this 60-year-old woman is inspired by <laughs> me. And she's an amazing person. and knows me personally, but also knows me here and just gave me validation that I'm doing something good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Taylor Swift song just popped in my head. The hate is gonna hate, hate, hate. Oh, we're throwing back Taylor Swift. (laughs) Hate is gonna hate. And but you know, the number of people that you're inspiring over the people that are honestly gonna be like, she's annoying or whatever, too bad for her. The number is probably so outweighed. And I need to remind myself of that too. Because honestly, everything we talk about here on the podcast goes along with are you doing it for you? Or are you doing it for somebody else? And if it's for... You know what I mean? Like if you're worried about what other people are thinking, then that's not the right way to go about it anyway. So... That's why I said at the very beginning, you have to have a passion. Like don't just yeah. go into the world of Instagram and 
influencing or whatever, if you don't have something to say or a passion, like that's not the right reason to get into the world, get into yeah. this world. I want to ask a little bit about rebranding because obviously like that's something that we've done and it's something that you've done. Hope you guys like it, by the way, listeners. <laughs> Let us I'm know. It. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Um, so what's your advice rebranding when like, I feel like it's kind of difficult and we didn't have this issue, but I feel like it's a little difficult to rebrand yourself when it's you. Like, how did you make that transition? Okay. So I was, for those who don't know, I was at Eat Well Detroit and now I'm at Eat Well with Sari. The Detroit thing in my name was very honestly a reason to make it somewhat not about me because I was scared and embarrassed when I first started. And mm-hmm. Detroit in my name would just give me something like host of healthy Detroit restaurants or workout studios, or it, it just it gave it an outlet that I, I could hide behind something. But it was also a great marketing move because there weren't a lot of people in Detroit doing this. Yeah. It got me exposure. But the very honest, raw truth is that I was scared to make it about myself. And as I gained that confidence and was building my coaching business and working with people all over and was not really posting that much about Detroit, it just didn't, like, it didn't align anymore. So for me, the rebrand was more like an accepting that this is me, this is my brand, and I have no shame behind it. So, and then, you know, I worked with an amazing graphic designer to help me see that vision. I love, I love, love, love your logo. She's amazing. She's at the Designing Foodie and she's local to Michigan. So that was, you know, important to me with work, to work with someone local. She just totally made my vision visual. And I I remember when I emailed her, I was like, oh, in the fall, I'll probably rebrand. I'll let you know. And then one day someone, I forget, someone just like, if this is what you want, why don't you just change it? Like there's nothing. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like... You don't have thousands of stakeholders who need to approve, you know, your new trademark or whatever, like you're, you're in control. So then I was just like, you know what? I hit 10,000. It seemed right. It seemed like a good time. And I just, I pulled the trigger because I knew that it was a better representation of my, of my brand. Mm -hmm. So do you feel so happy and good about the decision? Yes, I do. I really do. I love it all. I was at your website a little bit today before we recorded and I was like looking at your little logo at the top. It's so feminine and pretty and very sairy. Yeah. It's very sairy. It's just like... Because I you know I'm a cheesy person. Like I like flowers and, you know, avocados and morning sun and coffee. Like I like the little things and I'm, you know, feminine and happy-go-lucky. So that's... And again, if someone thinks that's annoying, that's them. Or if they think it's you know, they have their opinion on it. That's them. But I wanted a logo that was going to be me. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny when people make fun of like hashtag basic. I was like, I really like being basic. Like, I really like you said, I really like avocados and I love matcha lattes and I love avocado toast. And I want to share these things and post them and I don't care who on Saturday and then go for brunch and like yes I do all those things yes why does it have to be basic it's just great it's just what I do basic just means popular and you know what it's popular for a reason because a lot of people like it (laughs) right 
Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I hope that this conversation was helpful to our listeners who might be interested in getting into this world or who are in this world and just need a little bit of validation and encouragement. Uh-huh. Sari, I've told you this before, but I swear that you need to like run a program. That's what I was thinking. Teach I was like, people. can you teach me? Can I pay you to teach me? <laughs> because you're already a coach. So it's add on... I guess social you could call it business consult. coaching or social media consulting. Totally. You, know would be, be you would be great. a little bit of that for some, for some brands coming up. Might be doing... Ooh. Oh. Ooh, fun. Okay. Me Future me. plug right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and hanging out. I know I've been trying to hang out with you in person and it's going to happen this summer. It is. Eventually. Both of you. Yeah. Yes. I was just in... Um, Liz loves Michigan. I do. I was just in Traverse City like two, three weeks ago. Oh, I did. I did go through Detroit, kind of. I should have told you. Yes, next I just, time, next time. I just dealt with all those Michigan drivers that drive 5,000 miles an hour oh and God, carried know. on with my life. It's a real thing, Michigan drivers. Oh my, yeah. you cross the state line and I'm going like 90 and people are just like flying by me. And Jeez. I'm like, well, I guess I'm too slow. I didn't know <laughs> if that was just a stereotype or if it was real. I think it's real. everybody drives, like every. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I'm glad you've noticed too as a transplant. Yeah, I'm a transplant. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on and I can't wait to talk to you soon. I mean, I'll talk to you probably tomorrow. It'll be great. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was so fun. You're welcome. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we did. It's one of my favorite things when we just talk to somebody who we're already really close with. It feels like we are legitimately sitting on the couch having girl talk. If you liked these episodes, you would definitely like our episode from last week with my friend Sam. And also we recorded with our really good friend Kelly um, about travel. I don't even know how many episodes back. Yeah, if you like these friend episodes, let us know. Like we obviously have friends that we can bring on that are doing awesome things. So <laughs> yeah, if we'll you're one of our friends people. and you want to come on the podcast, just let us know. We'll have a great time. All right, guys. As always, guys, follow us over on Instagram. We do have a new name and that is going to be at Embrace Your Light Pod on Instagram. And if you are enjoying the podcast, it would be really helpful if you send us a review and subscribe on iTunes. And that's all we have. So we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.